Welcome back to the Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Dr. Joe Sanfilippo. Uh, he is the superintendent of the Fall Creek School District in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. He's uh, speaking at the MassQ and MASCD Leadership Conference event, which will be happening on November 4th. Uh, Joe, Dr. Joe Sanfilippo is also the National Superintendent of the Year from 2019. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. Yeah, so your talk at the uh, MassQ and MASCD event next month, or I'm sorry, in November, um, jumping too far ahead in the school year already. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sometimes <laughs> we want to at this point. Man, it's gone fast already, right? Um, yeah, right. Is about changing the narrative um, and you know, kind of looking at the way things happen in a school district and being able to celebrate some of the things that happen. Um, what, what's sort of the focus of your talk? I think the focus is just making sure that we th- start thinking about the great things that are happening and make sure that that's the narrative of what goes on, not the narrative of what happened 25 years ago when people are still jacked up about what happened to them when they were in school. Yeah. And they talk about you like they talk about it and they talk about it and they talk about it like they know exactly what you do as an educator in 2021 and they have no idea what you do. Right. But they talk about it like they do because they all went to school. Yeah. Right. right so right. when they when when you're in that situation and you're always in this situation where you have to you know, you feel like you're being put upon and put upon and put upon. It's really hard to celebrate the great work when you feel like somebody's going to knock you down for what that great work looks like. Right. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you say this. And we talked a little bit beforehand here. Uh, my wife's grandfather was a college football coach, and uh, he used to say all the time, he said, the two things that everyone thinks they can do is coach and teach because they all played a sport and they all went to school. Uh, but nobody, it's not that way. That's not the case. Absolutely not. Not at all. And they talk and they talk about it like they know. And I think about how many how many people think that they can coach on Sunday afternoon from 12 to two, right? They're sitting in front of that TV. They know exactly what play to run. They don't have any idea what's going on. No, right. At the same time, they see what play worked at one point, you know, 10 years ago, or they were, you know, then all of a sudden that becomes how they're supposed to run everything moving forward. It's not the way it works. Right. Right. And you're not too far from green Bay and the great history of the Packers there. And we've got, you know, we've got the six-time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots over here. <laughs> not that I'm uh, yeah. not, not, also living in past glory now. Um, yeah, well, I'll tell you, I wish you would have kept Brady for another year because without him, we would have been in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, come on. Like, that was it. I mean, how do we not – how do you not cover – how do you – you know, here I go. Here I am coaching. Like, something <laughs> must have happened, right? But, right. I'll tell you, that was uh, – it would have been nice. That was our shot. Now it's going to be a little – it could be a while. Yeah, I, but so, like – so I guess in, in what we were talking about here, right, in the, the fact that, like, here we are talking about the Patriots never should have let Tom Brady go. They, yeah. they, he should have retired as a Patriot. There should be a statue of him in front of Gillette Stadium already while he's still playing. Right. Right. Um, but, but again, we're living in, you know, we're looking back at times gone by and not looking forward like we should be in education, right? Yeah, I think, and I think there, there's two sides to that, too. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot. Like, we don't know you know, everything that happens behind the closed doors. But at the same time, we believe that we do because we see what, what you know, what we want to see a lot. And I think a lot of times I'm, we're actually trying to flip that narrative and almost do some of that because, you know, though we can't see what goes on behind closed doors, there are still great things that we want to make sure that people know and understand and talk about as opposed to what they think might be happening. So if we can do that, then I think we're going to be in a much better situation with the people that we serve because we're being transparent about everything and it gives us a little social capital when, like you said, like when he leaves, you know, if we have enough social capital built up now, all of a sudden, you know, the narrative changes in terms of how that whole thing goes down. Right. 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 And, you know, we look at, 
you know, we need to celebrate the things that are happening in our classrooms, yeah. right? Like that, that the kids go home and tell their parents. I know, like, I've got little ones at home. Um, mine are in first grade and fourth grade. And, you know, they tell us a lot of the things that happen in school, but without, right. without uh, you know, Remind and Blooms and Google Classroom and, uh, you know, I'm forgetting some of the apps, but... Uh, without you know, and seesaw seeing the things that they're doing now and hearing about them, it's not just like uh, you know the dinner table conversation. How did how was school today? And they say good, and then they can end it at that if you let them. Right, exactly. And the concern that I have is those conversations about what happened in school go really well till kids to get to about fourth, fifth grade, and then all of a sudden it becomes uh, it becomes an activity, you know, an exercise in futility because that's where you get. The I don't know or nothing response. And then we get mad at the kid. We get mad at the kid for saying, I don't know or nothing happened at school when you know that something happened at school. But the reason that the kid says, I don't know or nothing when they're asked what happened at school is because it often comes with a follow up obligation of what they have to do at home. Like if I ask my kid, what'd you do at school today? And he tells me that in civics, he did this or had this conversation. My follow-up question is, do you have any homework for that? Mm. So they're not going to tell you what they did at school because it comes with a follow-up obligation of what they have to do at home. But they will most certainly tell you what they saw at school because what they saw at school doesn't come with a follow-up obligation of what they have to do at home. And what they saw at school is how the adults interact with people how the adults interact with each other, how the adults interact with kids, how the adults interact with all, with everybody. Like that's what they're going to tell you about because it doesn't come with a follow-up obligation. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I try and ask my kids, so what was your favorite part of school today? There you go. Um, that's a better conversation. To, to try and to try and keep it on a positive, you know, uh, a positive thing. And then I always ask them who they ate lunch with. Yep. Um, Who'd you make smile today? Like that's a conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, a who, who, who smiled because of how you treated them? Like, what are, the, what, are, what are those things? And But those don't get into the academics. As soon as you start talking about the academics, people pull away from that pretty quickly because they're afraid they're going to get quizzed. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and, I, and then we're going through the folder, right? The take-home folder. Right, exactly. <laughs> Tell me about the Apple worksheet. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about some of the things that have gone on in the last year and a half, right? We, so the pandemic has certainly turned education on its, you know, on its side, and we've we've completely changed pedagogy and you know the way that we do things and the way that we deliver instruction. Um, and you know, we've had di- you know politics have been inserted into education again um, with you know mask mandates and vaccinations and things like that. Um, how do we sort of prepare our schools and our teachers for what the next normal is going to look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the first the thing that we've been telling our people is that control what you can control and don't dwell on the things that you can't, because there are some things that if you, you know, you can't control them. But at the same time, if they're taking up all of your mind, you know, all of your time in terms of what you're thinking about. Now you're really losing an opportunity to impact things that you can control. So I can't control how people feel about the, uh, a mass mandate or not a mass mandate. I can control how, what my attitude is in the classroom to make sure that the kids that are there feel loved, supported and safe. Like that's, that's, you know, we lean into so many things that we have no control over whether or not they're going to work, not work or whatever the case may be. And if we spend all of our energy in those situations, then it takes away from the things that we can control. So that's a big piece in terms of what we talked to our group about. Yeah. And then on the micro level, how do we impact that conversation? Like, how do we get in and sort of, 
at you know at a district level that that's a that's an amazing message to have and to keep staff sort of um, to be able to keep staff calm and understand that you know focus on the things you can control. Um, but then on the micro level, how do we really impact that conversation and say like here are things you can do uh, on an individual basis to really you know sort of change the narrative? Yeah. The thing on our side is just making sure that the positives are so loud. Like, I think that's a big piece of, of what we try to do because, you know, again, you there are things that you just can't control. But what you can control is the narrative that comes out of the space in which you lead. So how can whatever is happening in the in the space in which you lead, how can we make sure that there's an accurate story about that space? Because if everybody's got an accurate story about that space, there's a different conversation that can be had outside. The other thing that we talked to our group about a lot is the this whole concept of what we refer to as recognize, acknowledge, extend. So what are we doing to make sure that we put ourselves in the right mindset to recognize the greatness that happens around us with kids, with colleagues, whatever the case may be? Then as we recognize it, are we taking the time to acknowledge to that person or that group of people that they're doing incredible things? And that's great for the individuals that are in that spot. So we've recognized and acknowledged. But when you get to the third piece, when you get to the extension piece, where you extend the conversation beyond the environment, beyond the event in which it happened, now you put, you give yourself an opportunity to create momentum for that event even after the event took place. So recognize the great work by putting yourself in the right mindset, acknowledge to that person that they're doing great work, and then extend the conversation by telling somebody who wasn't there about what happened so we can still have so so that's can that work can still be celebrated. Yeah, and so so what are some examples of the ways that you can extend to people? So if I'm walking past the second grade classroom and I and I see I see a, a second grade, I see a, a group of kids building a huge tower in second grade and laughing and having a wonderful time and connecting with each other and talking about whatever math concept that they're talking about. The first thing that I would do is instead of just walking past that room because I'm trying to get to the copier to make sure that I get my stuff ready to go back to my classroom, I'm going to take the time. To, to make sure that now that I've seen it, that I'm not just walking from place to place with my blinders on. I'm walking to make sure that I can see the greatness around me. So I've, I've seen that the second grade kids doing great things, even out of the corner of my eye. Then I acknowledge to them and to their teacher that that's awesome work. And it was really cool. It was fun to see. This is how I felt about it. It was really neat. And that's great for the two people there. But then when I extend the conversation to the eighth grade teacher on the other side of the building, and tell him about the great things happening in second grade, what inevitably happens is the eighth grade teacher walks to the second grade classroom to talk about the great things that are happening that he heard about because at some point somebody did it for him and it felt good. Mm. And he wants to be in a place where he feels good. And so does everybody else. So if that's it, if that's all we do, now we've also, now we've extended great things within the, even within the building. And that doesn't happen. We teach in, you know, here's the thing, Brandon. People keep talking about, you know, you're talking about like impacting the whole narrative in terms of on the micro level and macro level and how can we advocate and this and that. People are talking for, for years about how we need to knock down these silos of education. And I, and I don't disagree, but at the same time, the silos are not going to get knocked down tomorrow. So what are you doing? Well, instead of knocking down the silos, why don't we concentrate on bringing them a little bit closer together, maybe throwing a door and a window on each one of them <laughs> yeah. so we can walk to each one of them and just have a conversation. 
Like you can't make grand scale change without making sure that there's some, you know, local momentum. So that's what we got to do first before we start talking about how we're going to change, you know, the structure of how, you know, instruction is, is brought to the, you know, brought to the table or what are we doing in terms of, you know, seat time minutes or, you know, how many standards are supposed to be taught. You can't talk about that stuff unless you have momentum. And so the momentum comes by making sure that the person next door knows that the work that they had, that they're doing has some value. And that they want to talk about it, because then once you feel like you can talk about it, then you can talk about anything. And that's when you get some movement going forward. Yeah. And you want people to be excited to come into the building, too, right? Like that every day you're excited to go to to go to your building and, and, and be with your colleagues and be with your students. And we lost so much of that in the last 18 months where. People were worried about the things they couldn't control. Um, right. You know, they were at home teaching alone and talk about silos. Um, right. You know, uh, the the home the homeschool situation. Right. Um, yeah. and every you know, you've got I, I'm not sure how big your district is. We've got, say, 300 something staff and 2600 something kids. You know, now we're talking almost 3000 silos right across right. southeastern Massachusetts. Um, so. We, you know, we, you just really saw people struggle with that kind of thing. And then the idea of coming back to the building last fall was exciting. Um, and then coming back this year with less restrictions was exciting that not in, and not in a toxic positivity kind of way. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that that toxic positivity is a whole nother podcast, man. Like, cause we gotta be real about what it looks like. And I totally agree with with that, the one thing that we talked about with our with our group is, you know, we talk about how we taking care of our colleagues, right? What we needed to understand about when we moved to remote learning, what or I don't even want to call it that. It wasn't remote learning. When we moved to pandemic teaching, what ended up happening was that the colleagues changed. Like the colleagues changed from the two other fifth grade teachers that you work with to a kid that was home from college to a second grader who needed help with their work to a spouse that was still trying to figure out what they were going to do because their job had been lost. Like you, this is, these are your new colleagues. So how are we as a school taking care of our teachers, new colleagues, right? Like, and how are we making sure that the family knows how we feel about the teacher? How are we making sure that the family knows how we feel about the para support that we're getting, you know, from our people? Like, how do we know all of those things? And what does that really look like on a, on a, on a larger level? Yeah. And, and then how do you, from there, like sort of celebrate that stuff, right? Like, yeah. What? Well, you got to have the right, you have to have the right mindset Yeah. because a lot of people, so I did this, I do these little one minute walk video things on, on a weekend and people seem to like them and that's great. I love, I like doing them, but, but I, the one that I did last weekend was, um, I was talking about the fact that, you know, we have a, like, I saw that I saw, um, Ernie Johnson to uh, yeah. go to Alabama's yep. uh, football team and talk about the fact that he has a get to job, not a got to job. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, and, and I love that yeah. concept. If yeah. we see it as a get to job, here's the thing. There are a lot of got to things that we have to do in a get to job. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't sign the forms and somebody doesn't get paid, it doesn't <laughs> matter if you feel like you got a get to job, you got a got to situation because you didn't sign the form. Right. Right. So how are we making sure that the got to things and the get to job still lead us to a place that we feel like there's some joy within that space? So, you know, how many think about the things that you have on your list of things to do? Right. Like if you have a bunch of things that are on your list, how many of the things that are on your list of things to do bring you joy? Right. I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah, you know right. I mean, they don't. Right, right, they just right. don't. 
So how are we making sure that we put some stuff on that list that brings you joy or rearrange the list to make sure that the things that do bring you joy are at the front of the list just to put you in the right mindset to recognize, acknowledge and extend the great work that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. And and we talked about this before. Uh, you know, you were a golf coach. I'm a golf coach. That mm-hmm. That's one of the things that's on my list. Right. Like, I, you know, throughout the day, I've got to you know, uh, fix a monitor for a teacher or bring a right. cable, bring a cable to someone or, you know, assist with something. Cause we're, cause right now at the beginning of the year, all we do is troubleshoot. Yeah. Um, but like at the end of the day, I get to get to go home to my kids and play with them. I get to yeah. go, go coach high school golf. Like those are great things that I, I try and keep in perspective, uh, for myself. Right. I agree. I agree. And the first person that's in your conference that complains about their golf coaching job, like you need to tell that person, you need to be quiet. Yeah. That's the greatest coaching job of all time. Let's all time. Let's be clear about that. All time. Yeah. <laughs> I, and frankly, as the superintendent, I can't believe that you didn't take that yourself. <laughs> I know, right? I know. It was just like, it's changed a little bit and I'm out on the road too often, but, uh, but man, I'll, it is a great job. I'll tell you, I yeah. love coaching. I love, I love playing. And I love coaching. Yeah, we have an open invite with uh, a couple of administrators. You know, anytime you want to come by practice, check things, yeah, check sure. things out, and make sure you everything. Keep, is... You got to keep them in your right pocket, right? That's you got to make sure. Be. You got to make sure the you're athlete, need them. right? The athletic director, <laughs> the principal. We got to make sure everything is taken care of. If you guys ever need to come and check out practice for a couple of holes, yeah. or I mean, uh, you know, a couple of hours or whatever it takes. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure they got the shirts. Yeah, Give them right. the shirts, oh, man. The shirts. They need the shirts. It's all about the shirts. We. <laughs> I said sometimes we're not going to play well, but we're going to look good. That's exactly right. Make it happen, man. That's what it's all about. So part of what you do is about storytelling. And I, I'm interested in the the one minute walk to work. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, you kind of alluded to it before with the Ernie Johnson story, uh, which was great on game day the other day where he talked about, you know, his his job and the job that he has and how, um, you know, he gets to go to this to do this great thing right. uh, in his life. Um, what are some other some of your other one minute walk to works uh, and some of your other storytelling? Oh, kind of man. Things? Yeah, I don't know. I think the thing about the one minute walks is really interesting because I live across the street from my school. So I literally have a one minute walk to work. So it just started out as me just thinking about some uh, leadership stuff and throwing it out there and seeing if it stuck and if people really liked it. And, that kind of, and, it, and it, the response was beyond humbling, to be really honest. So, I, you know, it really essentially is this. I've screwed up a ton of stuff, like a ton of stuff. I'm in my, right now, I'm in my tw- uh, 11th superintendent year in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. And the average, you know, stay for superintendent in Wisconsin is three years. Right. And I think the biggest reason that people move on is because, well, there's two reasons. I think they leave for a bigger job or they leave because they don't, they don't have the right connection to their school or their board or whatever. But what a lot of times the reason that they're in that spot is because people don't know what they do. So these walks have really been about things that I've screwed up, hope to change and then celebrate the great work that's happening here all within the context of a minute. And they're off, you know, we try to make sure that they're really authentic. I don't do, I don't try to get one like out every week or whatever. I just want to make sure that if I have something to say, I'm going to put it out there and see what kind of response people get. Now, if it makes people think a little bit differently about the work that they do, then I'm all for it. Yeah. And then, um, the, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is, is the use of social media. Uh, mm-hmm. how do you, so we talked about recognize, ex- acknowledge, extend. How do you do that through social media with your school and with your district? Yeah. Well, I think it's all, that's, that's what it all is, to be honest. I mean, it's, that's really about, 
you know, it, it encompasses all three of those capacity, you know, those, those pieces of, of putting yourself in the right mindset to recognize, acknowledge to the person that's doing the great work that they're doing that great work. But that turns into the extension of what we're doing. Like, do we extend the conversations to people outside? And we use social media for that because I know that that's where they're going to live. And we're really, really um, intentional about what that looks like, about where we put it, how we put it, what the story is, making sure that there's an emotional connection to what that looks like. Because it's not just about the facts that happen in school district. It's about connecting the emotion, the feeling to the fact. And if you come, if you connect the emotion to the fact, there's a much better opportunity for that story to be told beyond the event because it had an emotional connection to the person that you're telling it to. So we want to make sure that we're using social media not only to to talk about the um, to talk about the great things by making sure people know and understand what's going on, but what's the emotional connection to it? It's not just about posting stuff to get it out there. It's about creating a relationship with your community. You know, if you post something, ask questions to your community. Do Throwback Thursday stuff. You know, ask who's <laughs> yeah. in this picture from 1945 or whatever. I mean, the then you know now we've got some momentum really building up. If I do a podcast like this with you, like with one of my kids, I'm not just going to put it out there on social media. I'm going to call the parents of the kids who are on that podcast and tell them, hey, I'm going to put this on our social media feed here in the next 15 minutes. I thought you'd want to know because it was a great conversation that I had with your son or daughter. Mm -hmm. Well, what are those parents doing for the next 15 minutes, right? right. Refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> like yeah. they yeah. want to be the first person to share it because their sister's kids get all the attention in the family, right? <laughs> I mean, so that's a yeah. big opportunity for us to make sure that we can Keep those stories going by connecting to the emotion of what that really looks like. Yeah. Now, looking forward, um, what what is school going to look like, like, say, a, a year or two or three from now? What sort of thing can you see sort of – I mean, this is a tough one, right? Like, mm -hmm. with the pandemic behind us, like, let's, let's put that yeah, behind let's us. Yeah, mm -hmm. Yeah, so the pandemic is behind us. What's the next thing? Like, what do you well, see – yeah, I don't know. I, but I hope I hope we put ourselves in a position to make sure that we can we've set up a system to control what we can control. Like, you know, the thing about the pandemic that I think that, that came out is we're, that we're really good in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. We're really good at some stuff. And there are some things that we really need to get better at. And that really just amplified that. It was communication structures, some communication structures we were really good at mm -hmm. and others we were just awful. So. And the thing that's going to come out from all of this is, have we put ourselves in a position to adjust what we needed to adjust to make the experience better for the user? Mm -hmm. And that uh, that goes for everything. You know, I mean, if the only fail people people were saying last year, like it's a lost year. It's not a lost no year. Way. I mean, seriously, no way. we did the things that we did last year were crazy. The only lost in the in last year would be is if we get to next year in May and we're doing things exactly the same as we did two years ago. Right. That's the only way that the year is lost. Right. So, I mean, there's, it's just it, with the loss of learning. You got to define what we, what are we talking about when it comes down to learning? Right. Really? Right. Like the kids that we were, we left that we were, that were at home in that, you know, doing the learning from home are helping their parents get connected to Google, whatever, yeah. Yeah. or, or zoom or whatever. I mean, yep. they're learning just as much. The stuff that my daughter creates now with her Chromebook Correct. as a fourth grader is beyond what we were expecting our eighth graders to do here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, no, I agree. I, I agree. Both of my kids want to cook stuff now and they know how to yeah. make, they know how to measure, you know, flour and ingredients and things like that. And like, they know about 
<laughs> just the things that they know about now because they were home and the things that we were able to do, even just as a small family unit. I mean, right. forget about that learning loss. I don't want to talk about learning loss because I know my kids learn stuff. Yes, exactly right. And that's, I think it's just such low hanging fruit to go to that direction because we didn't, it, because, well, here's the other thing that I can promise you though, I, that if we don't, if we don't at some point real quickly realize that we're teaching, we're trying to teach way too much, then we, then we hmm. did lose as an, as an administrative staff, as a teaching staff. If we don't realize that up until last year, we were teaching way too many things, yeah. way too many things. And so when we had to kind of drill down to what the importance uh, was or what we were making sure we got out there, that changed the conversation for us because uh, we just tried to, you know, bag a bunch of stuff into a, you know, into a, into a group because we felt like we had to get it done. So if we can pull that back and figure out like what's really important for kids and make sure that those things are aligned, that's going to make us all better. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think about it as a former social studies teacher, I taught U.S. history one, which went from originally it went from say like the revolution to the civil war. And mm -hmm. over time we, we backed it up and it was like, okay, we're going to cover the French and Indian war now. Well, okay. That's going to take an extra week or so. So we're, mm -hmm. so we're going to have to drop something. Well, no, we can't. Cause we added these other standards in here. And then a few years later, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to add, you know, this other uh, European explorers of North America. Okay, so now we're going back to, you know, um, beyond before the Mayflower, which, you know, we, yep. we have to cover the Mayflower because we're right here in Massachusetts. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You know, like everyone's seen The Rock. We've talked about The Rock. Yep, You've gone to right. see The Rock. The Rock's not a big deal. Um, you know, so then we keep adding things, but we never like subtracted stuff on the back end. So it, it went, we added like an extra 150 years of history at the beginning of our curriculum. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't add weeks to the year. So no, and we just keep it going from right. there. It's like, okay, right. just fix it, figure it out. That's what's end up happening. I mean, that's a big piece of what we do is to try to, you know, coordinate what that really is and looks like and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you online? What kinds of things are you working on right now? So right now, I, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can to lead a group of people in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I do a lot of speaking at the beginning of the year and, you know, I do a lot of convocation stuff and I love it. I love it getting people excited about the work that they do. And, you know, and I think once the year starts, it's really good to really lean into the group that I care about the most, which has been really fun. But I do have a, a, a book coming out, um, hopefully in November. Uh, or early December, which is, is going to be fun. And that's really about, you know, we're going to talk about that actually at, at MassQ and, you know, what does it mean to lead from where you are and how does that really look in terms of moving forward and how do we connect people so you're not feeling like whatever position you're in, you have a leadership opportunity, but we also want to try to build capacity to lead so you don't feel like you're the only person doing it. So those are just kind of some of the things that, that, uh, that we're doing. You can find me at uh, Joe underscore San Filippo on all the social media feeds and, Go from there. Yeah, and your website, jsanfilippo.com. Um, yeah. I can see those books are there right now. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. We got in all the one-minute walks are up there, too. So you can go check out those and see if you find one that you like. And um, just, you know, we're just trying to, trying to, I say at those things at the end of every one of them, I say, well, you know, we're all in this thing together. And, you know, I think the, the idea we have to keep in mind is it's not we're all in this thing together when it's convenient to be all in this thing together. You know, reach yeah. out to the people that you care about, make sure that they're doing okay, but also make sure that you have something to offer them. And you'll be surprised that they're going to call you back and make sure that, that they have something to offer you as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, Dr. Joe Sanfilippo uh, from the Fall Creek School District in Fall Creek, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. 
Oh, no problem, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, and sign up for his MassQ and MASCD Leadership Conference event, conference event happening on November 4th. Thanks so much. All right, take care. You've been listening to the Get a Q podcast by MassQ. Here to educate, connect, and inspire.